0: There is a long dark road between University Avenue and Argyle Street. It cuts through Kelvin Grove Park and crosses the River Kelvin. The road is awful to walk down at night for a few different reasons. Firstly, it is long and straight, but the trees that line it on either side create plenty of hiding places for potential attackers. The fence is on either side, so there's no escape routes. Secondly, The tree roots have pulled up the pavement, creating all kinds of opportunities to trip and sprain an ankle in the dark. Thirdly, during my time as a student, I was never at my best when walking down it. Either I was drunk and exhausted walking home from a party, or I was stressed and exhausted walking home from a night of studying. Since I graduated, I've barely been down it at all, because the fourth reason is the worst of all, and the story I'm about to recount. About... Two-thirds of the way along the road is the bridge, under which the kelvin flows on its journey to the Clyde. The bridge is a beautiful 1912 structure, which was later decorated with a set of large statues, each representing an ideal or idea, peace, philosophy, industry, and so on. In the daylight, they are beautiful. In the darkness, they are demonic. A few years ago, some joker thought it would be funny to put red LED lights into the eyes of the statues, it was not, but while it made one evening rather horrible, it did give me a sense of security on my following walks along the road. If anything odd appeared, I could put it down as another prank and forget about it. Or so I thought. I had been making my way home late one night. I was walking north towards University Avenue, which meant that the bridge came before the long stretch of road that went through the park. I had taken to keeping my eyes averted as I crossed the bridge at night in case of another prank like the LEDs. It was only when I had crossed, stumbled over one of the tree roots, dropped my water bottle, and turned to pick it up that I glanced at the bridge and noticed something was different. Where the statues had been was now just empty space. I stared out at the bridge. The statues are huge brass things, hard to miss even in the dark. They were most definitely gone. I felt a pang of fear in my stomach and turned back to face the long tree-lined road that lay between me and home. I reasoned with myself. I had been down this road only a few hours ago and the statues had been in their rightful place. It would take a large, organised crew to remove them in that amount of time. If it was a prank, it was a strange one. If it was simply a case of maintenance, then it made no sense to remove them with no warning and during the night. So what did this mean? A little voice inside me suggested walking back to Argyle Street and walking home by a longer, busier route. But I squashed it down. I wouldn't be scared away by this. I glared into the darkness, the shadows created by the streetlights doing very little to calm me down. I gripped my water bottle like a club and set off down the road. I moved slowly, careful not to trip over again. Running was not an option unless I wanted to fall on my face and break my nose. As I moved, I kept a watch on the trees on each side of the road. The ones on my side worried me the most. They were big enough for someone to hide behind, the shadows making it all too easy to blend into the dark. My feet dragged as I made myself walk forward. I reached the first tree and lunged forward to see if anything was hiding behind it. There was nobody. I felt suddenly foolish. Why would there be? It was late. I was tired. Maybe I had imagined everything. I looked behind me to check the statues were actually gone, and there, only a few steps behind me, was the statue of philosophy. I stared at it for a long moment, and it stared back, surprise on its face, as if shocked at being caught out. Then, before I could move, it giggled and ran across the road, creaking and clanking loudly with each heavy step, hiding behind one of the trees. I watched, bewildered. It popped its head out from its hiding place and stuck its tongue out at me. In that moment, my brain gave up. I turned and continued walking home. The statues had other ideas. I had managed to pass two more trees when something struck me sharply on the back of the head. I stopped, outraged, and spun around to see peace and war darting as fast as their brass robes would allow back into hiding. I looked down to see the bottle cap they had thrown at me. I grabbed it and threw it back at them with a shriek, suddenly filled with rage. How was this happening? Why were all these strange things happening to me? The bottle cap bounced off a tree and landed harmlessly in the gutter. Peals of laughter echoed around me. I turned around again and marched forward, doing my best to ignore the indignity of the situation, focusing on just getting to the end of the road and on my way back home. This worked for... Another five trees or so, until the statues of industry and commerce both jumped out at me and shouted, Boo! I jumped in fright. I couldn't help it. I stumbled backwards and landed in a muddy puddle, my water bottle falling out of my hand and rolling away. The statues both doubled over laughing, their metal throats causing the sound to echo strangely as they pointed at me and laughed even more. Behind me I could hear the other statues laughing too. I sat in my puddle, the water slowly soaking me to the skin, and pouted. There was nothing much else to do. They continued laughing, and I sighed deeply, picked myself up, dripping the muddy water onto the pavement. "'Well, I hope you're all proud of yourselves,' I shouted, which just resulted in more jeering and laughing. I shook my fist at them and squelched off down the rest of the road, reaching University Avenue with a strong sense of relief.' The rest of my walk was cold and uncomfortable, but blessedly undisturbed. The next day, I checked local news sites to see if anybody else had reported seeing the same thing I had. There was nothing, and as far as I could tell, the statues were back in place as if nothing had happened. There were, however, several reports of vandalism in the area. Someone had apparently carved writing onto the trees. In the pictures posted, I saw, War was here, and Phil Rolls. At least it proved I hadn't hallucinated the whole thing. Life was getting stranger. A new world had opened up to me, and I still wasn't sure whether I was okay with that. Glasgow Ghost Stories is written and produced by Libby Thomas. Narration is by Libby Thomas. Credits are read by Harris Jones. The music in this episode is by Kevin MacLeod and the Free Music Archive. Sounds are from freesound.org. Glasgow Ghost Stories is now available on iTunes and Stitcher. If you're enjoying the show, please consider leaving us a rating and review. We really appreciate it. For links to Libby's other writing, as well as pictures of the statues and other ghostly sightings, check out our website at glasgowghoststories.wordpress.com. Next time you're walking home down a long dark road and you're worried about ghosts and ghouls jumping out at you, here's my advice. Take the bus.